Hello, it's Beer Clock and time for Drunken Time Travel. This week we've been thinking we want Armstrong and Miller to do their RAF pilots you speak, but for unit. That would be pretty much awesome. Isn't it? Isn't it? Indeed. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up on YouTube. It's wonderful. Armstrong, Miller, RAF. That's all you need. Hmm. It's basically just them, but our RAF uniforms from the Second World War, but speaking like the youth do of today. Isn't it? Yes. <laughs> it is one of my favourite sketches ever. It is certainly that. Anyway, on my left, a man who has just finished writing his first book, The Brown Side of Using Bad Puns, is Irish Gav. And to my right, a man who used to be a tour guide for the Museum of Mazes until he forgot where it was. It's English Gav. Hello. Artificial Tedious Link Beer is another one from the Wild Beer Brewery. Yeah. It is of over IPA. And Gav will tell you why that is later on in the show. So yes, we're with the Third Doctor now. Did you ever think we'd get to the Third Doctor? I thought we were did only you ever doing think, six episodes. Did you ever think on a drunken night when we agreed to do this that we'd get to the Third Doctor? Mm-hmm. No, none of us did. Um, so here we are. So yes, we're with Spearhead from Space. First one of the, of, of the Third Doctor. And it's in colour. Mm-hmm. And there are no more reconstructions. So without further ado... There's quite a there's quite a lot of ado there. <laughs> so whilst there was quite a lot of ado there, I present to you Irish Gav with Is This Some Kind of Synopsis? Hi. Epistory 1. At unit, Brigadier Lethbridge-Stewart is interviewing Liz Shaw for the post of scientific advisor. Despite not seeming to want the job, she seems to get it. But no time for that, because you never found a police box with an unconscious man. Could it be? The Brigadier and Liz go straight to the hospital, where the doctor, no not that one, Dr Henderson, is annoyed that someone in x-rays is having a laugh. The patient's x-ray shows two hearts living in just one mind. The Brigadier, thinking it's the doctor, is disappointed when he sees him and it's a different person. I felt the same way after Richard O'Brien left the crystal maze. Between whiles, a poacher Seely finds one of the meteorites, which is pulsing, so naturally decides to take it. Later, a sinister man, Channing, and his associates kidnap the doctor, taping his mouth and putting him in a wheelchair. The doctor eventually escapes, but is shot by unit for walking towards him. Top way of noticing that this isn't the second doctor story, there's no base under siege. Epistory 2 the doctor is taken back to the hospital again, but it's only a flesh wound, though he now appears to be in a self-induced coma. Yeah, I've wanted to do that some other stories. At a nearby plastics factory, the manager, Mr. Hibbert, <laughs> receives a visit from Channing. Turns out he's running the show, or more accurately, factory. The doctor comes out of his coma, has a shower, steals some clothes, and then drives off in a classic car. He soon works out that the meteorites were carrying something to Earth. Back at the plastics factory, they're making a plastic dummy of General Scobie. Units liaison with the army. Because he's famous, I guess? Someone breaks into the factory and sees a 
room full of computers with plastic dummies. While he's thinking this would be a great album cover, one of them walks towards him. Top way of noticing that this isn't a second Doctor story, Jamie hasn't punched anyone yet. In fact, where is Jamie? Epistory 3. The Auton shoots at him with his hand, but strangely doesn't kill him. The Doctor attempts to escape in the TARDIS, but fails as his mind has been wiped of the dematerialization codes. That, and he could never work the thing in the first place. The poacher comes into unit asking what the reward would be if someone found the meteorite. Criminal mastermind, this one. At the poacher's cottage, an Auton tries to find the last meteorite, but only finds last night's leftovers. He's shot out by the poacher's wife, but to no effect. She was going to have those leftovers. When Unit arrives, the Auton is forced to flee, leaving them with the meteorite and the leftovers. While the Doctor deduces the Auton meteorite is emitting brainwaves, a General Scooby's house, an exact replica of Scooby, turns up and walks towards him. Top way of noticing that this isn't a second Doctor story, there's a lot of walking towards him cliffhangers. Epistory 4 the replica of Scobie tells the Brigadier to stay away from the plastics factory. The Doctor and Liz visit Madame Tussauds, where the dummies are made of plastic now, apparently. The real General Scobie is there, but frozen to appear to be a model. It's obviously his blue steel look. In the factory, Channing shows Hibbert his octopus, which is really the alien nesting consciousness, and not a euphemism. It was created from the meteorites, and using the last one, which foe Scobie takes, it's powered up. Shop dummies break out of shop windows and attack people. The Doctor builds a device for killing Autons, which he tries to use on the nesting, but it attacks the Doctor with tentacles. They eventually defeat it, and thusly the Autons. Back at Unit HQ, the Doctor agrees to help Unit stop future invasions. What else is he going to do? Top way of noticing that this isn't a second Doctor story, the doppelgangers don't have outrageous accents, huh? So... That was, as I believe it's come to be known, Spearhead from Space. Indeedio song. I like Indeedio. I've been using that myself recently. Yeah, I think I've been using it far too much recently. I <laughs> to stop. Yeah, I felt the same way. Because people normally ask me how I am. I got fed up saying fine. So I say peachy now. And now I've been Ooh, noticing no. that I say that far too much. No, I don't like peachy. I, I took Peachy from, from Dust Till Dawn. Did you? George Clooney says it. Yeah. Because someone asked him how he is after his brother's been killed by vampires. And he basically says, well, my uh, my brother's just been killed by vampires, which until now, I recently, I didn't think existed. But apart from that, I'm Peachy. <laughs> I think uh, using it in that sense, it's okay. All right, so if I said that, that'd be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. But I, I don't think a general peachiness is acceptable. <laughs> if General Scobie was called general peachiness, that would be much better. So yeah, I mentioned it. It's we're in color, Gav. Yes, color. There's like colors. <laughs> They're making your eyes bleed. There's a new theme as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice? I don't pay any particular attention, to be honest. I didn't think you'd notice. Also, there's another thing I noticed. It, um, at the start of the episode story, uh, we, we're in space, and it sort of zooms mm. in on Earth, which is a lot like the new series do, used, or does or used to do in every, the beginning of every series. 
Apparently, I, I didn't notice that either. Well, in the start of Rose, we start in space yes. and it goes into. into yeah. Goes I know. Earth. I know it does that with the new series. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I you just couldn't remember notice it with this one. No. All right, you remember the new series that you've seen ages ago, but you couldn't remember with Spirit from Space that we watched tonight. <laughs> Correct. Okay, okay. Carry on. You know my mind. How it doesn't work. Yep. Uh, the Brigadier. He's back. Yes, he's back. And in colour. <laughs> we mentioned that? I don't think we have. There are unit ties. This is the first thing I want to say. Mm. There are people you wearing want... unit... I fucking want a unit tie. It will be quite cool, actually. I wouldn't... Let... I don't know when I would wear it. I'm going to wear it to work. I don't wear ties to work. I'll, I'll start wearing it. <laughs> I have a unit T-shirt. It's just like a green T-shirt, but with a unit unit logo in the, on the top left. And it's great because mm. I don't think. Well, I've worn it before, and no one's said geek because they don't know what it is. They just mm. assume it's a T-shirt. They don't realise that I am a member of unit. <laughs> d- d- shouldn't most people nowadays assume that anything printed on T-shirt is geeky? Uh, and yeah. therefore, you are not to ridicule it anymore because geeky is being cool. So this you've is, got to let it fly. This is the thing. This is the t-shirts that I like are the subtle ones, the ones you know, the ones you get where they treat mm. companies in movies and TV shows like they're real. So they make t-shirts like what them. I like those t-shirts. Like I have a James Bond one, which is basically Universal Exports, but as if it's a real company. I like that. I don't mind them. I'm nothing against them. I don't think I own one, but I do like subtle ones. You, yeah, you've got a, yeah, you've got that powers one. I've got the quote from uh, Firefly. Have you? That's uh, definition of interesting T-shirt. Oh, is that what that's from? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ironically enough, I, b- I believe you wanted to mention something about. Uh, the Brigadier's facial wonky ornaments. wonky tash. His wonky tash. Which... I couldn't stop looking at the wonkiness <laughs> of his tash. Right. It's like seriously I don't know. straightening can, it can out. Can we just stop you for a minute? I don't know if anyone <laughs> listening can sample dialogue and make it into a rap song. But if you can take us <laughs> talking about a wonky tash, that would be great. The Brigadier has a wonky tash. <laughs> Wonky touch. <laughs> I didn't notice. It, I just couldn't stop looking at it. Well, apparently you didn't mention it at any point. That no, I didn't. he has a wonky. You were probably too hypnotised by it, which which uh, which was your science the other week. Yes, it was. Ah, <laughs> uh, time travel. Um, isn't it good? <laughs> The Brigadier also thinks security... What, do you want to say anything else about his wonky tash? No. No, I've, I've got only wonky tashness. Is it, is it like wonky in different directions in different scenes or, or what? Uh, is it just not perpendicular to his to his lips? Is that the problem with it? That, that, that was the main problem with it, yeah. I, you, I don't know if it changed to, wonkiness. Did you want him to teams? use the 18th century longitude prize for working out how to get his tash to be in the right direction? Yeah, I, I, I wanted rulers You always, set squares. You always want rulers involved, Kev. And set squares. And sex Definitely, that, that as well. 
Yeah. And laser trimming. <laughs> Who doesn't want laser trimming? Uh, speaking of laser trimming, not really. Uh, the brigadier. Well, Liz Shaw complained about the security unit. Seemed a bit weird, but there you are. Uh, and, and the brigadier says he, th- he thinks security. It's all rather amusing, don't you think? So security, it's rather amusing. Yeah, yeah, especially in a sort of not really top secret organization, is it? But well, I think it's supposed to be. Although it just seems to be like a country not club. with them in charge. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just seems to be like some kind of men's country club. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, that's a side effect of him thinking security is amusing. <laughs> what are you doing here? I'm part of unit. Oh, okay. <laughs> Brigadier always sells that story. They told me I was leader of unit, and I worked, and after that, I just didn't stop laughing. <laughs> he worked on the building side before that, you know. And the Brigadier, he also couldn't figure out why somebody would want to abduct the doctor. Some strange alien, intelligent alien from another world. Maybe he's in the wrong business. So he thinks security is amusing and doesn't know why anyone wants to abduct the doctor. <laughs> and he had a wonky tash. Are you sure he just wasn't drunk? <laughs> I think he was abducted. Was he hungover like the warlord? Was, was he Steve the unit guy? <laughs> Steve the unit guy. It's not Steve. You can't have Steve the unit guy and Dalek Steve. What kind of universe do you think this is? An easy one? Coincidences <laughs> don't happen. Paul the unit guy? Paul. He dies every episode, though. Oh, we don't need to create a unit guy. We've got yes. one coming up very soon. <laughs> Sergeant Benton will fulfill all our unit needs. <laughs> and then you've got uh, Monroe, who works for units. Um, I just want to mention him because at one point he says, sorry, I can't answer questions. And a reporter says, why not? <laughs> I just thought, you, you haven't worked out how this works. Because I don't know the answers. <laughs> no, no, I just said I can't yeah. answer questions. Don't ask me a question. <laughs> it's like in the last in the, the war games when they said... Yeah. Do you remember when we talked about forgetting things? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, so yeah, there are, there are autons in this, which uh, autons. Right, we'll break we'll break it down. Go. There there are ne- nesting. There's consciousness. Yeah, is this this big consciousness? Co- yeah. And it it's can break. Collective consciousness. You look like you're really thinking there. And yeah. uh, I'm getting ready to think. Okay, that's what's happening. <laughs> that should be on a t-shirt. Um, <laughs> it breaks itself apart and, in, and puts itself in autons, which are plastic, like yes. dummies or whatever. It can create bodies for these for this consciousness, and they're the autons. This is what we understand. This is what we understand. Doesn't necessarily mean it's true, but it's what we understand. So, yeah, the autons. Uh, we will now speak of the autons on the subject uh, of our choosing. Are in effect part of the nesting consciousness. Yes. So they're, they're, but they're sort of autonomous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But there's one point with one of the autons who retreated due to too many units uh, people. There were three. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I, I think one of them was Liz. <laughs> did he run back? Sir, he wasn't answering any questions. <laughs> <laughs> what did we do with him? I don't know what to do. <laughs> and, and he was just... He, he, I asked him, will you surrender? <laughs> he just... If he just philosophically, he didn't know what to do. <laughs> he had an existential crisis at this point. I believe uh, now you want to talk about World War Z. No, wait, what? Yes, the the, the Autons, they were like the fast zombies. You the the these big plastic models, and you you just sort of expect them to move like zombies, and then they start running after you. I think that maybe, yeah. I don't think the running worked. They were good. They were quite nimble as well. They were dodging around stuff and things. Oh, these these Autons are mm. are the shit, for mm. sure. Which I, which I think would also explain why they seem to be sweating so much all the time. Plastic sweats. It's because they keep running. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens with my plastic containers. Always running all the time. That's what I say about my shirts. Plastic. <laughs> That's all you say. It might say cotton all that, but trust me, these are plastic shirts. Oh, yes. And also the the Autons are, are fantastic. They've got Swiss army arms. I mean, not only can they grip stuff and hold things like normal arms, but right. they can drop the fingers down and they've got guns and lasers and stuff. Yeah. And also with knives that can cut through uh, tents. <laughs> I thought you were going to say cheese. <laughs> I'm sure they can cut through cheese as well. Do you think there's some kind of infomercial about Autons? <laughs> Gotta be. I'm fed up about with making a sandwich. <laughs> Buy this. Buy an Auton. <laughs> Buy a Tupperware Auton. And then you can store your sandwiches in this Cyberman. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to store sandwiches within you? No. Uh, yeah, I thought that was going to be funnier, but it wasn't. <laughs> oh, yeah, there was another bit with the, with the nesting consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, which is the big, which is the octopus thing, mm. but it had there was there was at the bottom it had like gravel or something litter. Because it, it keeps defecating on the floor. <laughs> and if so, does an auton change that or or? Well, I'd I'd get an auton to change it. He's, he's probably got a hand attachment for it. <laughs> yes. Maybe he drops his right hand down and that becomes a scoop. And he has or a maybe bag. his right hand but, is a scoop. But if it is a bag to put it in, mm. how do we know the bag isn't one of the autons? Because they did say, didn't they, that uh, energy, all energy is a form of life. Who, who did say that? Was Ch- it Channing, the sinister mm. guy. I think he was reaching a bit there, to be honest with mm. I'll say that again. Reached. I, I'm sorry, form of life. I am now going to use you as a pooper scooper. <laughs> Which was an other song, I believe. Unreleased, obviously. No, sorry, that was super true. You beg your pardon. Saw the TARDIS again mm-hmm. after one episode. So, yes. yeah, it's good to see that. Yeah, oh, he was oh, black. It was blue. Well, the TARDIS was blue. Yeah. Oh, instead of black and white. We've never seen it blue before. <laughs> It only just occurred to me now, and it was just like, wow, that's surely worth remarking on. Because mm. people might have thought, 
Why have they got a grey TARDIS? What's that about? Yeah. Why have they got a dark grey TARDIS? Why is that TARDIS black? Would have been great, and you know, it should be blue. If but it's black. If they moved into the color world, if they just had everything colored gray and white, but they filmed in color, <laughs> just to freak everyone out. That'd be rather mean. <laughs> but the Doctor had a red balloon that he carried yeah. around with him. Yes. And of course, uh, the poacher's cravat. Yes. Which we'll get to. <laughs> <laughs> so the TARDIS, we we were told. I think the first time this is this is mentioned. Well, I mean, we know it's bigger on the inside than outside, but this is the first time it's mentioned as being dimensionally transcendental. I'm pretty sure we said that before. Are you? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. No, I don't think so. Unless I'm thinking something else. I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure this is the first time. It could be. I'm not sure. It's been mentioned as being dimensionally transcendental. Also, I like saying. Yeah, I might be confusing it with something else. I'll go with you on that one then. Let's hope I'm right then. Uh, and the lock also has, sorry? Because I was thinking I like mixing it up with, uh, you know, the Sarah Jane adventures and things like that. Yeah. Well, the audios you listened to years ago. Mm. And the TV series and other people. Mm. I think I'm mixing it all with that. Fair enough. The log was also mentioned as being a having a metabolism detector. Mm. Yeah. Did, I, did I mention? Can I just mention mm. there were there was a fuck ton of of uh, techno babble in this? Because the amount of times I've seen things and thought, right, I'm, right, I'm going to have to say this when I'm drunk. Metabolism detector. And they, didn't the doctor say in the new series that they sort of like metabolism? <laughs> I should have practiced that. Like you. So, so this, is, this is what I was afraid was going to happen to me. <laughs> but the metabolism detector doesn't really exist. It's not a thing. What well, are you saying that things Specific- contradict each other in Doctor Who? Is, yeah. is this a thing? Yeah, yes. the, doc- the doctor could have lied. But you see, the thing is that the, the which is rule number one. Brigadier tried the TARDIS key in the in the lock, and it didn't work. Mm. Again, not a euphemism. And then the Doctor did the same, and it did work. So maybe the maybe the TARDIS just didn't like him at that point. Mm. Which is why it didn't open for Clara. But other changes to the TARDIS. It's got blue writing on the front now, instead did, of white. Did it not have white? What? Are you sure? What? What? You know, you know the the the, the telephone plaque, the box plaque, plaque thing. Yeah, yeah. Instead push, of a pull, push, call, call to open. Yeah, it, it yeah. It's just blue writing on the on the back now instead of like a plaque. Is it? Mm. So is it, is it different TARDIS or they've just changed that bit? I don't know. They've, they've, they've changed that bit. I've, I don't know how much of the rest of the TARDIS they've changed. But interesting. And um, the the St John's ambulancing that disappeared uh, long ago, didn't it? Yes, it it was. It was either not around in the series, or the only time you saw it was in the movie. Hey, remember the movie? The other thing we want to mention about the TARDIS is the uh, TARDIS tree. Yay! I'm not sure what the fuck it was. <laughs> the TARDIS Christmas tree. <laughs> but in the lab next to the TARDIS. <laughs> It really did look like a Christmas tree made of TARDISes. <laughs> uh, 
If we could find a picture, yeah. we, we <laughs> might put that up. All it's missing is some tinsel and some lights. Yeah, no, I think it's fine the way it is. So, yeah, that's what I want this and year. some presents under it. I just want a TARDIS Christmas tree. <laughs> Imagine how many presents you could fit under a TARDIS tree. Because <laughs> <laughs> the TARDIS tree <laughs> is dimensionally transcendental. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. But... And other people, people, people could, only certain people could give you Christmas presents because of its metabolism mm. detector. Mm. And only if you've got a, a BMI over 125. Oh, did you remember that part? What part? The, 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 the bit about his high blood pressure or whatever the fuck. No. Oh, right. Okay. You're just guessing, are you? Yes. <laughs> just randomly guessing. Good luck. Stuff. Uh, I just want to mention about units. There is a there was a jeep crash, but it was quite. I mean, there was a lot of there was a lot of blood painted on the on the car mm. when it when it crashed, which was which was quite weird to see. You expect you don't really see that. You wouldn't see that in the maybe, show these maybe, days. Maybe you don't really notice the grey painted on things. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't remember seeing that a lot since or or now on Doctor Who. Maybe there were complaints about all the redness. Oh, too much colour. Well, that's it. That this is the first one in colour, so maybe they just thought, oh, blood, it's painted everywhere. Yay! Well, maybe they didn't realise that what they were actually complaining about was the poacher's scarf. Which we'll get to. <laughs> Stay tuned. Got teasing. Uh, yes, so, Dr. Hibbert, or Mr. Hibbert, as he's known in this. Right, there was a guy who who came along... Um, obviously, the, this factory that was taken over by the by the Nestings or Autons, this guy was told he couldn't make his doll anymore. Uh, yeah, he had a do- he had an agreement to make a doll, <laughs> so he came and complained about that because he got a letter to say it wasn't happening. In the letter, first of all, he complained that the letter explains nothing, and Hibbert, who runs the factory, said it explains everything. <laughs> which which led me and Gav to discussing whether it did explain everything or nothing, <laughs> and w- w- I think we came to the conclusion that yeah, you you said the likelihood of it explaining everything as opposed not explaining nothing as opposed to everything is more likely. Yeah, I mean, in the letter, it on the great scheme of things. I mean, of the, all the is, knowledge is it within going the universe, to have the grand theory of everything or nothing. <laughs> and I said, which is more likely? I said it's more likely to tend towards nothing than yeah. everything. <laughs> but they had a big argument about what it was. Yeah, and I just thought, well, why don't you just say the explanation is your doll is shit? <laughs> I love the argument as long as it comes. Well, the letter explains everything. It explains nothing in the Adam <laughs> argument. And then it says, the letter explained everything. He said it again. And then they were like, no, it doesn't. Yes, it does. And then they, were, then they evolved into the argument sketch. <laughs> but apparently uh, Hibbert was arguing in his spare time, so mm. that was fine. But I kind of like that the, the, the autos take over this factory. Mm. And then there's, there's administration to deal with that as well. Because then they have to write to these people and say, right, you can't have your doll anymore. Because uh, there is an evil no, <laughs> <sorry, wait. laughs> there's an evil organisation that's <laughs> taken us over. 
So that's created that's created administration. That's created work. So maybe they've had to get temps in to to do that. Do you think? Or did they just have the autons do administration work? They should have had the autons kill everyone. People don't think about this whenever autons take over factories or, yeah. or evil The, the evil. little things that are required for an alien invasion. Yeah, they create jobs. Such as sending letters. They create jobs. People don't think about that. Yeah. They just think about their own selves. 100% un- mm. unemployment and, and they don't want aliens coming in and creating jobs. This is the problem. Mm. Uh, I believe you had something to mention about the... Uh, Cliffhangers. Yeah, we we got the the good old cliffhangers, typical Doctor Who cliffhangers. It was uh, the moment uh, I can't remember what it was. It was one of those approaching new cliffhangers that you mentioned. Like. Yeah, seriously, every single <laughs> fucking cliffhanger was someone walking towards somebody. Yeah, yeah there was uh, one of the autons approaching somebody, and that was the cliffhanger. And then when it resumed at the beginning of the next episode. He uh, he pulled the gun on him and shot him. That didn't happen in the cliffhanger before him. Well, well before it was just draft, drastically different. That's just awful. It's disgraceful. Well, they do that but, all the but, time, really, don't they? Yeah, they, they do it all the time. It's uh, it's one of the things I remember most uh, about watching Doctor Who as a kid that the cliffhanger and the cliffhanger resolution really have little in common. <laughs> they will they will rewrite the resolution so that it doesn't match with the cliffhanger at all. Yeah, it used to happen in the forties and things with uh you know, with those serials that like Flash Gordon and all that. And they even mentioned it in uh, Three Amigos I recall. They did. Because one of the guys was was quite annoyed by that. So the beer. Yes, the the B B R. Uh, yeah. So why a pulver IPA, Gov? Well, because I thought because uh, the second Doctor evolved into the third Doctor. And that's how I'm going with it. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> going with it, shut up. <laughs> you try and find a beer for this one, and then get back to me. Well, you know the next one is Doctor Who and the Silurians. Mm. So, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I actually really quite like this one. Do you? Yeah. Mm. I, I was virgin on the not very impressed. <laughs> yeah, I quite like it. It it is a very very distinctive taste to it. Hoppy, would you say? It is very very hoppy. Hoppy, the hoppy, hoppy, hoppy. Distinct notes of grapefruit. Grapefruit. Huh? Just makes me think of Superman three. We won't go into that again. Thank you. It really just it do, just tastes to me just like eating a grapefruit apart from <laughs> well drinking grapefruit juice it literally all this it doesn't like, no no it doesn't to no. Me. it does to me no it doesn't you're wrong 
He's a great field You and your, and your taste buds are incorrect. Don't they? And I wish to tell you why by mm. writing you a letter from a plastics factory. I'm sorry, I don't read letters. <laughs> it explains everything. What? What? Go on. What? No, that was just... No, that, was no, it, no. that was it. Uh, yeah, I quite like it. I'm not saying I want to give it a sticker or anything. I'm just saying I quite like it. Pardon me. I'm not saying I don't dislike it or anything like that. It's... The, we had another beer from this brewery that I think got a sticker, didn't we? Yes. We've we've had a, a few from this brewery, I believe. Then. Well, not the show. The show's only had two. Uh, I'm not sure. We may have had three. Three, you say? Possibly. Yeah, it's at, at least had three because, you know, was it the Christmas one where we bought each other a beer? Or was that I one bought of them? you a wild beer. A wild beer, sorry. Oh, right, we may have three then. Two and a half. <laughs> well, I say I'm, I'm very impressed with the Wild Beer Company. They, they are a good company. Good uh, Somerset English company. Uh, I would say they're up there amongst my favourite breweries. Uh, Dogfish Head, Bulldog, Six Point. So yeah, we we both quite like it, but uh, no sticker. Well, yeah, I wouldn't quite give this one a sticker. It's it's a bit too harsh. It's not quite up to the drunken right. time travel. It, it's worth trying. But yeah, it's I, I wouldn't have another one really. No, I, I wouldn't refuse another one. <laughs> I, 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 well, I wouldn't, wouldn't search it out again. Well, it's not Budweiser, is it? <laughs> So the doctor, yes, he got shot on his first day. Just like the seventh doctor. Well, last day. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. He, he uh, didn't didn't. Yeah, he got shot, and he was in in a hospital on his first day. Mm. It was not a good start for him, was it? Could be worse. Was some of them words. <laughs> I believe they were dimensionally transcendental. <coughs> well, yeah, and not only that, he was shot at in a wheelchair. Well, by the army. <laughs> Are you expecting the army not to shoot at people in wheelchairs? Yeah, that's that's never allowed. I'm always using. It is an old man in a wheelchair. Is it? Yeah. Well, he's not. He's well. It, it, Admittedly, he was moving quite fast. <laughs> <laughs> and he was on fire. <laughs> okay, he wasn't on fire. But, but this, I think this was the first time he uh, got. He ended up with... A, we, we got a doctor changing into a new costume scene type thing. Yes. Since the last time the doctor's clothes kind of changed with him. Yeah, I think it did. Let's yeah. not mention that again. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, and the the new outfit that he actually chose for himself. Yes. Yeah, it it came out. He looked an absolute right mess. He t- obviously didn't use a mirror <laughs> to get dressed. He he just do any. He just do whatever he could find down in the wardrobe that he just ransacked. Well, he always put it with like a Yorkshire cap on himself, and then he changed his mind. 
And then he put a hat like a trilby on, and then he thought, fuck that, I'm not wearing this. Yeah. Unlike Brigadier's tash, his like, jacket was on like sideways. This this the costume that he wore was very is very like the twelfth uh, Doctor that he eventually sort of go changes into. Is it? Yes. Well, it's got the red lining type thing on it. It's very reminiscent of it. Oh. Which I kind of like because Matt Smith was was to Patrick Trotton as apparently the new Doctor will be to the third Doctor. Are we talking twelfth Doctor Matt Smith? Talking twelfth Doctor. Look, there, there. Here's the Doctors: first Doctor, second Doctor, third Doctor, fourth Doctor, fifth Doctor, sixth Doctor, seventh Doctor, eighth Doctor, yeah. War Doctor, yeah. ninth Doctor, tenth Doctor, eleventh Doctor, twelfth Doctor. Yeah, Matt Smith was I'm the eleventh. I'm not changing. That's what I said. Yeah, but you said the twelfth Doctor, and then you said Matt Smith. I said the twelfth Doctor, and then I said Matt Smith, as yeah. referring to the one before him. Oh, so, so you was talking about the 12th Doctor and then started talking about the 11th Doctor? Yeah. Right. Yeah, he was so bored he went into a self-induced coma, which I kind of ended at in the... I'm not surprised either. No, yeah, well, that's hospitals for you, isn't it? The tattoo that, he, that we saw... Um, that maybe, he maybe it was his... Uh, his uh, the big ears tash. I was just so focused on that. <laughs> I can't to my eyes of it. <laughs> so he's so focused on the Brigadier's Tash. He sent himself into a trance and then a coma. Mm. Like hypnosis. Yeah. Well, that you did the other day. Mm. Um, yeah, the tattoo that we saw on, on the Doctor, which was mm. obviously John Pertwee's tattoo. <coughs> uh, it's like a, it's like a, what was it? It was like a, like a dragon or something? Something like that. Well, I can't remember. But in an expanded it, universe, it's already been uh, it's already been put as a mark of being an exile. So yay, it's it's in continuity. <laughs> not that not the John Pritchard just has a tattoo and he was showering and that's what happened. Which expanded universe uh, put that on in? It was a book called Christmas on Irrational Planet, which I haven't read. But I have read a few by the same author, and they're they're good normally. So, so it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't Peter David, no. I was actually going to say uh, him that wrote Dalek. Robert Sherman. Not same Shem. No, he doesn't really do a lot of expanded universe anymore. Actually, he hasn't done a lot since his short story collection. But he is awesome. Yeah, I've lost track of. Uh, Time, big finish. Maybe you should decimalise uh, and the whole <laughs> that whole crew. You you'll get there eventually. No. There was another bit where the where the unit. I said we're going to attack the factory, but there was a door in the way, so the <laughs> doctor exploded the lock. Uh, when I just thought it would the lock the door was so crap he just could have kicked it down. It was so thin. Yeah. And whereas the explosion he used, it was the equivalent of striking a match on the door. <laughs> and he was like with his hands, ta-da, after you. After you, unit people. <laughs> I have opened the door. Which I could have done just by pressing the lever. <laughs> or twisting the handle. Ta-da. 
or sneezing on I the door. I will say I feel the trouble. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have used one of my three matches. <laughs> <laughs> I can open you two more doors. <laughs> For this is now an adventure game. <laughs> Please choose your doors wisely. <laughs> what is Dungeon Master now? <laughs> yeah, of course he is. Who else is going to be Dungeon Master? <laughs> Which one of them is uni then? Is that Liz Shaw? <laughs> it's got to be, surely, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, well, well uh, the Brigadier has to be uh, has to be a Cavalier. I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> right, right. Right, we have to remake Doctor Who with the same voice actors <laughs> as Dungeons & Dragons. I can't remember his name, the the blonde-haired guy. Ranger? Is that him? I think his name is Hank, because everyone was called Hank. Yeah. Was like that. I'm thinking that will be Benton when he comes on. <laughs> <laughs> no, it will be uh, Yates when he comes on. Yates, huh? Interesting times, yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah. Ah, yes, and uh, and back in the hospital, uh, the doctor mentioned that. Uh, well, the real doctor mentioned that the the space doctor. I call him the space doctor. <laughs> it was more unconscious, more unconscious, <laughs> <laughs> more unconscious than anyone ever. Yeah, they did. They did mention that. There's a literally no brainwave activity, so basically dead. Yeah, he's basically he's, like a Stargate viewer. <laughs> <laughs> or our last surviving viewer, listener. <laughs> Fewer, I, I like to think. <laughs> They're just watching the same one we have on YouTube again and again. <laughs> Fuck it, we'll be back there. Yeah. Yeah, then he had the the hairy tentacle monster fight near the end. Oh, that was the big uh, end of boss battle. Yeah, it was like a, that's like a Japanese octopus porn, whatever it's called. You're talking about hentai. Hentai, that's it. Yeah, that was hentai in the 70s. Which is... Really just a, a weird sexual act. It's not exclusive to tentacle porn. Doesn't weird sexual act cover like 99% of all sexual acts? Quite possibly, but not in Japan. No, it covers 100%. Um, he, yeah, and he's also... His, his new hat that he chose, I don't like that. You don't like it? No. Well, he's not going to wear it anymore. Yeah, I'm glad because it's rubbish. It's alright then. He's not really in this much, the Doctor. Because he's like unconscious for a couple, like an episode or two. But never mind. Uh, the poacher Seely is. He's in it quite a bit. So that's good. The new chef. The, the new, he's not good. Are you, no, do you think he's not. <laughs> he's not even close. Oh, thank God for that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I believe you have a comment about his house. <laughs> yes, I, I think he lives in a hobbit house. He's, he's 
when the unit go and ransack through it, every single one of them have to duck under the doors as they're going through his house. For, for some reason. But yeah, it doesn't seem to be, the doors don't seem to be quite high up. Yeah, despite his, or uh, walls, his, his a normal sized person. He does seem to be. Yeah. With his bright red cravat. <laughs> yeah, with his massively bright red cravat. He's a poacher, right? Mm. But you think if you're a poacher, you wouldn't have a bright red cravat. Because surely being a poacher, the whole thing is about stealth. He's, he's a maverick. <laughs> is he like Mel Gibson from that movie? No. No, okay. Which movie? Payback. No. He also called uh, meteorites thunderballs. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, Gareth, but I'm always confusing Bond movies and meteorites. <laughs> Maybe... That's what he does with Thunderball. <laughs> he, he buys it, sets it on fire and throws it. Into space. <laughs> <laughs> Into space. <laughs> so um, whenever he sees anything flying through space, he thinks it's Thunderball. There are a lot worse... Uh, well, no, there, there, yeah, it's got you, one hell of a throw on it. If you're going to do that with a Bond movie, there are, there are only a few worse you could do that with <laughs> than Thunderball. Mm. Yes, we do know the bomb scale. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, <laughs> there was a bit where he was chopping wood, which was just like from fences. <laughs> and by chopping wood, uh, he just had an axe. <laughs> was just, he wasn't chopping, he was like hacking at it. And then he just gave up eventually and he was like, well, that'll do. Yeah, he gave up. He peeled like a tiny, he splintered a corner off of this plank of wood. I thought, right, that's that now. Threw it away. <laughs> I've done that. I'm not sure what, what? he'd done. <laughs> it was just the corners. Yeah, I don't lie on corners on bits of wood. Get me that then. So Liz Shaw, the new companion, mm-hmm. she, uh, well, for her first day she gets security info at the job interview, which is good. Well, it is a job. It, it is amusing. Yeah, job interviews and security. And uh, and she she also, she doesn't know what a meteorite is. Didn't she? No. Because she, she just said meteorites don't land on Earth. Because that's the very definition of what a meteorite is. It lands on Earth. Did she actually say they don't land on Earth? Yes. I'm quite sure she said that. Which which is wrong, because all meteorites are what have landed on the Earth. So what are, Before, what are that landed on the Earth? Yeah, they are what landed on the Earth. So by definition, a meteorite has landed on the Earth? Yes. Uh, if it burns up in the atmosphere, it's a meteorite. So, by definition, 100% of meteorites land on the Earth. And the burning streak that you see across the sky is a meteor. Not the object itself, but the burning streak. So, what's what do they call them in space? Uh, asteroids or comets. Mm-hmm. What do they call them <laughs> when they're on vacation? Gavin? <laughs> Gavin. Yeah. You Call were going, Gavin. You were going, right, what are my names I normally go with Chris? <laughs> yeah. Stick, no, I've done that one. No, I've done that one. 
I was getting too pressed for an answer, and I went with me on there. <laughs> yeah, if you're ever going under an assumed name, that's not going to go well. <laughs> but she was very much... The... No, nobody would ever assume that I'd use me on there. No, that's sure. true. Your, your logic has no flaws whatsoever. Not at all. Uh, yeah, she was very much like Gillian Anderson from The X-Files in that she didn't believe anything, mm-hmm. even when it was quite obviously true. So that's what um, I think. This is what is what the, the the this series, the first four, the, you know, this series of four episodes. This is what we've got coming up, the X Files, <laughs> but with Doctor Who in the seventies. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, I just thought she was rather dull. She was all right. There was nothing. She doesn't really do comedy, I don't think. Don't think she does anything. <laughs> uh, yeah. She might do something soon, but I haven't mm. seen evidence of it yet. No, I don't think she does. I don't see... This is the thing that they say about her character. Eventually they get rid of her. Eventually, OMG spoilers. Um, because they think she's too intelligent, so they dumb down because the Campania needs to be... I believe I talked about this... Mm on the Hello Goodbye podcast. Um, but really, the problem is with the character, maybe, not the whether they're intelligent or stupid or whatever. But as as you said, what we did say, Zoe was a highly intelligent character, possibly even more intelligent than the Doctor. Certainly more intelligent than Liz. And she was a good character. Intelligence has nothing to do with it. It's all about the character and how you're at yeah, it's all about character. Not how intelligent I am, but as I say, if they chose to work Dumbling down because uh, intelligence is. But they just don't think it worked with the doctor. You need someone there to be the viewer asking questions. Which is why, as we said, you need to have someone like Jamie there as well, then. God, always going to have Jamie there. I have two companions one that is intelligent, one that can play off the Doctor in that way, and one that can lead the audience and ask the questions. Yeah, I like it when there are two companions. Like with with, with K-9. Yeah. He, he was the intelligent one, and then you've got Leela or Romana as well. <laughs> the, uh, well, okay. Another good thing is we watched this because it was filmed on location on film because of a strike at the time. Mm-hmm. This is the only classic series epistory that they could actually convert to Blu-ray, so to HD. So we actually watched it on Blu-ray. Yes, I did it look nice. I gotta say, it made a change from like two episodes ago watching the Space Pirates reconstruction from video, and then fucking color Blu-ray. Beautiful. This is the life, you see. So how long before we can watch another Blu-ray? <laughs> I don't know, but it is measured in geological time. Will the continents have moved, do you think? <laughs> they always move, yeah. Will they move by a considerable distance? <laughs> it depends how you're measuring time. Um, quotes, then. My quote is... It's more or less the first thing the Doctor says. Not sure if it's the actual first thing, but uh, yeah. 
just to show you how he is still crazy. And it goes a little something lastly. Where are my shoes? I must find my shoes. I must find them. Why? You don't need them. You're not going anywhere. You don't understand, madam. It's most important. How is he, nurse? His pulse seems to have settled down, sir. Ten a minute. Yes. Well, the trouble is, we don't know what's normal for him, do we? Hello. How are you feeling? Shoes. I beg your pardon? Shoes. Yes, and then mine is uh, the Doctor in Le Shaw, uh, trying to do a bit of uh, Zoe and the Doctor banter. But... What are you a doctor of, by the way? Practically everything, my dear. And that was good. Well, the doctor's answer, anyway. Uh, final thoughts, then? I've only went too impressed with the episode. Mannequin's taking over the world is, is very Doctor Who. It, it is very Doctor Who, yes. It was just, it was just mad, an average episode. What do you think of the Doctor? It just happened. What do you think of the third, the third Doctor so far? He had his I moments, didn't really he... get up to much. Yeah, he's not made much of an impression yet. Very much different from when we first saw the second Doctor. Then, don't you think? I can't remember when we first saw the first. Power of the Daleks? I can't remember the Power of the Daleks. Yeah. I I can't remember what he did in it. He wore a massive hat and uh, and (laughs) played the recorder, I believe. So, next time... He's alright. He's alright. He'll get better. So, uh, next time, you're doing Doctor Who and the Silurians. Yeah. We're not doing any more uh, science and history podcasts, I'm afraid. They're Mm. being folded into the main show when it's uh, necessary for the story, I guess. Uh, Or when it's interesting. When it's interesting. When it's not really uh, a tenuous links type of thing. Um, and it's not really a drain on our time. Bandwidth. Yes, bandwidth. The right word? Yes, we were uh, quite frequently every month uh, eating very close to our limits. Yeah, so hopefully this will, this will fix that and uh, free us up. For time for other things, we, we did. On, we have on a few occasions got warnings that we can't upload anything else for the rest of the month. And, uh, <laughs> for and have the to year. delay something. But uh, rest yeah. assured, when when necessary, we will uh, include it in the main show. So the end quote is from Andy Warhol, and goes like, "I love Los Angeles, and I love Hollywood." They're beautiful. Everybody's plastic, but I love plastic. I want to be plastic. Discussion concluded. After all, you do want to take advantage of my services again, don't you? I think you'll find the salary is quite adequate.